I'd love to go back out on the field, but we've got to have our medical checkup first. Doc, can you do anything for me? I got a paper cut this morning, and our commanding officer won't let us back in the fight until it's cured. Uh, yeah, I can see why. Ordinary paper cuts don't spur blood like a broken faucet. You must have an artery in your pinky. Well, sure, it's a little messy, but that's no reason to keep me out of the fight. I eat my vitamins. I've got tons of blood to spare. Hey, watch out! You hit my shoulder! You were so excited! And you haven't cut your fingernail, so cut it out! Wow, I didn't know a little cut could bleed that much! Well, General, you see what happened. I don't know what it is about our soldiers that makes them bleed so much, but I think you need to cover everything in the hospital with plastic before they stain it all a permanent red. I don't understand it. At least they seem to suffer no pain, no matter how much they bleed. I've seen our soldiers have all their limbs cut off and say, "'Tis but a scratch!" Mommy, you okay? Ma! Come with me if you want to live. Theorizing that one could travel within their own lifetime, two old RP Gamer staff members stepped into the RPG Backtrack Time Accelerator and vanished. They woke to find themselves trapped in the past, playing and talking about computer and console RPGs from the 80s right up to yesteryear, driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. Their only guides on this journey are other staff and players from RPGamer.com who they meet to help record podcasts that only their audience can listen and hear. And so, Phil and Mike find themselves leaping from game to game, striving to put right gaming backlogs gone wrong, and hoping each time that their next recording will be the one that leads them home. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to the RPG Backtrack. This is number 103. Wow, we're, today we're going to be talking about violent vandalism. A fountain of tactical RPGs is sitting on our docket today. And they will be spurting forth from the series of Vandal Hearts and Disgaea in our Blast from the Recent Past section. To help us with this overflowing number of games is our good friend, Mr. Mike Minky. I'm just going to let you come up with all the other flowing gags you can come up with on your own, because I don't need to help you. <laughs> and spurting out from Houston is Mr. Uh, is Mr. Somebody, John Stringer. Uh, where am I? I don't know how I stumbled upon this podcast again. I thought I escaped. It's been a while. <laughs> and pouring out from parts unknown, Anna Marie, privateer. What? You didn't expect me to actually pronounce it correctly, did you? No. Especially since you just. But I'm bursting with excitement to be on this podcast. That's right. Is it just gushing out of you? Oh man, I can't stem the flow. The 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 excitement is just pouring out of every edifice, isn't it? Our pulses are throbbing all over. <laughs> 
and we shall cover the mountains in blood this evening as we talk about the Vandal Hearts series. But we got the beat. <laughs> we got the beat. We got the beat. We got the geyser. We got the beat. It's a geyser. I have my finger on the pulse of this game. <laughs> it won't stay beating very long. Vandal Hearts 1, Vandal Hearts 2. Well, it's not even Vandal Hearts, but it's just Vandal Hearts. Vandal Hearts, Vandal Hearts 2, and Vandal Hearts Flames of Judgment. In our Blast from the Recent Past section, we'll be talking about one of the Disgaea, Disgaea, whatever you want to pronounce it, Disgaea 4 games. Disgaea. Yeah, dis we'll just call it we'll just call it D for sure. D4. Well, we can't do that because now there's a D2. Damn. Uh, so, all that, your comments and questions and so much more on tonight's RPG Backtrack. Sit tight. We'll be right back. <laughs> With his song, feel love, feel fire. We defy, we defy, we defy. And we have returned, and we got a fountain of Vandal Hearts games ready to go. We're gonna be starting with the PlayStation One system, Vandal Hearts. I'm gonna love it tonight because tonight is all about tactical RPGs, and I love myself some tactical RPGs. I dare say it is my favorite subgenre of role-playing games. Vandal Hearts, brought to us, developed by Konami, published by the same. This was released in North America on the PlayStation in 1997. It doesn't even have the exact date. What the hell? What is wrong, Wikipedia? Who who, who dropped the ball on this? Oh, man. Obviously, we need to find whoever wrote this wiki article and write a very strongly worded note. No, no. no. We're going to stab them in the gut and watch their blood spew forth. That's the only way to... That's also an option. Yeah. That requires significantly more work, though, because then we have to find the location and go there. Mm. This is... Unless we can f employ somebody to do that for us. Mm. Released in... Uh... Maybe the Liberation Army? <laughs> released yes the instant you find one of those and can employ it against wikipedia writers please let us know all right mini game of the show do not let phil say released come on released no, every time that phil says released you take a drink <laughs> uh released like a but phil but phil has already drunk more than anybody else listening you know i ran out of vodka it's very disappointing i'm just drinking tea tonight it's sad Tea not even laced with something? I'm thinking about breaking open the... The uh, this show's going to be boring. I'm thinking about breaking open the cherry... I got cherry uh, flavor vodka that I brought down from our trip to uh, Wyoming, where they actually let you buy any kind of liquor you want. And, um, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Anyway, um, it is red, like the color blood, that's being released in Vandal Hearts, a single-player tactical RPG. Bam. Shabam. Who wants to talk? I have a great story about how I got this game. Tell us the story about how you got this game. So um, when I joined Irby Gamer way back in January of 2000, um, I'd been writing news for a couple months, and they asked me to open up a review section. So I did, and I ran it for many years. But as part of opening this section, we were going to do a big kickoff where I would do like six or seven reviews of games that RP Gamer had never reviewed. One of them was Vandal Hearts. And so the head of news um, put like five of these PlayStation games into a box and mailed it to me. Except he did it through UPS, who completely boned up the delivery. Not only was it over a week late, when it arrived, I had $80 of import fees on it. And they hadn't even spelled my name correctly on the forms. 
Damn. So, yeah, it was a mess to get it all sorted out. But I finally did get it and play it. And I actually quite enjoyed it, even though I don't like Ookie games. I don't think anyone takes the violence in Vandal Hearts very seriously. It's so outlandish that if you well, take it seriously... it is rated M for Mature. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't... You know what? I'm not even going to go here. Because <laughs> the only thing I can think of is Mortal Kombat, and that's something entirely different. I'm thinking, like, uh, Fallout 3 here. I, I mean, my wife was like, oh my gosh, you blew his head, and, and just brain matter and, and fluid just sprayed all over. I'm like, this has been going on since Vandal Hearts. What, what are you worried about? Hey, oh, Mortal Kombat, of course, would be before that. But, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The cool thing that I really liked about Vandal Hearts was this was my first real exposure to sort of that um, rock, paper, scissor, triangle combat that we started to see in um well we hadn't seen fire emblem at that point we hadn't seen magic pen gel or any of those other games so um in the game everybody's assigned a class um and then there's a um triangle where melee fighters are effective against range fighters range fighters are effective against mounted characters and then mounted characters are most effective against melee characters and then there is three mage classes and mages are most effective against armor but are weak to well people who are wearing armor because they have good weapons you're, you're, you're passing up the story which is just so deep and so moving story okay i'm joking um there's a story in this game yeah yeah really i'm there's, sure there was, there was but i played it on the saturn so i don't remember a thing about it <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, originally released on the PlayStation, and that was both Japan and North America and Europe. And then it was re-released on the Saturn with a couple of extra scenes, but that was Jap Japan exclusive. And then I believe it was also released in other parts of Asia as a Windows port. Hmm. That would fit. Although, I don't think that'll do anything to stem the piracy in China. <laughs> I, I suspect it would be like Singapore, uh, Korea, and stuff like that. Okay. More as opposed to China. You can still make plenty of money from those countries. Hmm. So, so, yeah, because, okay, so this is this is the, the story of, uh, I believe his name was Ash, was it? Yeah, and Clint Picard. That was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and they're they're yeah, Ash and his friends. They're in some sort of army, security, whatever force, and they are they are they are finding themselves thrust into a deep political conflict that if they cannot overcome, it will destroy the world. Mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a lot of wait, yeah, wait, basically. There's a government conspiracy, and Ash makes the stupid mistake of going, Hey, guys, there's a government conspiracy over there. And then, of course, the conspirators conspire to have him eliminated. And yeah, that is really the crux of the story. There isn't much more depth beyond that. Well, he's part of an anti-terrorism squad, and they're calling all these they're allowing outlaws and, and such to... I think you're in your first battle against outlaws, and uh, the outlaws are roaming and attacking everyone and waylaying everyone, and Ash is part of the group to stop them, and I guess while stopping them, he discovers some secrets that they're secretly being supported by the government or something like that. 
And uh, I think well, the that, hero... That's, that's a very Orwellian scenario right there, that the government yeah. is propping up the very terrorists whose existence it must fight in order to justify the repressions it's instituting against the people. Exactly, exactly. And uh, didn't the hero that kind of set up the government, he's missing and no one can find him. And I think you end up trying to have to find him in the, uh, in the game. Well, and instead of finding him, you end up finding that stupid wizard. <laughs> I don't remember the wizard. Abu Dabu, or something like that. I remember mostly liking this game, but I haven't played it in over a decade, I guess. Like Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I mean, isn't that where Garfield always mailed normal? Abu Dhabi, yes. Oh, is it Zohar Abu Said. There you go. Yeah, there. So, like, um, so I, I played it, like, yeah. I, I remember that the character artwork was. Uh, we're going to the artwork. Not, we're still talking about the story. Distinctive, but. Whatever, false. Terrible. The itinerary. What, am I on mute? I swear I'm on mute. What, what happened? We were on the story. <laughs> Where's the itinerary? We've covered the story. Yeah, it was a deep and moving story. No, no, you it wasn't. Know, it was deep. Every time you saw one of your characters die in their fountain of blood, cover the. <laughs> Actually, I like the. the was it the bad guy's name? Is Hell Spites. It's like, if you couldn't tell, that was going to be the bad guy just from the name. <laughs> But he's the Minister of Defense. Surely he can't be a bad guy. He's your boss. Was he elected or appointed? Yeah. I'd love to see the campaign. Vote for Hellspites. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, if you, if you couldn't tell. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, they had some funny, I don't know if it was in the Japanese version or they, they took some liberties in the translation as a lot of Japanese games of that era did. But there's some funny names. Well, let's like see, Grog. Konami did the localization yeah. itself, right? Uh, right. Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Grog Drinkwater was one yeah, of the first. That's one. He was and one of, of the heavy armor guys. Yeah, and he was a sailor, of course, or a pirate, right? So. Yeah, but he didn't want to sail anymore because he'd lost somebody, like his dad or his brother, some family member. Yeah, I don't recall. Hmm. I think uh, Diego was my favorite character, the the uh, Hawk Knight person. Hawk Knight, yeah. And their wings, were those ones with the metallic-looking wings? Am I yeah. thinking of a different game? No, no, you're not. Uh, one thing that definitely stood out about Vandal Hearts was that even though it had a very unique style, it looked incredibly ugly, even for the PlayStation era. Yeah, except for the spring blood. Yes. Uh, does, did they ever really explain why everything gushes blood in such a fantastical manner? I guess every hit, every fatal hit struck your femoral artery. That's the explanation. Now, before every every battle, they fill every person up in the party like a water balloon, except they use blood. They're like, here, we just need to fill you up before you get out there on the battlefield. Just going to pump you up. It's to cushion your armor against your skin. If you have it nudging against bare skin, then it chafes and it you know, gets sore. But if you have blood between your armor and your skin, then it feels really smooth. It's almost like you're taking a nice swim on the battlefield. You're not buying it, are you? Mm-mm. If you need to pee, nothing doing? Well, then you've just uh, added a different ingredient to your blood supply. Mm, blood supply. It, it's like it's like the rule of uh, what happens at the public pool, except now it's the public pool of blood. I don't know. No, so, thing that always disturbed me in this. Huh? Do you remember much about the game beyond the gushing blood? Like, was the music good? I mean, the story was middling. The combat was really good. I mean, it was, you know, grid-based turn combat, you know, a nice triangle going on. I remember the visuals being very polygonal. <sighs> yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And I, I don't like the uh, the animations. are kind of wacky, too. Janky. Like the archer shooting. Just kind of look goofy. I remember One that. thing I remember very strongly about the gameplay is this. If you have an archer, and it's usually the enemies, of course, and that archer is on a height, 
the range on these archers is just ridiculous. They'll have ranges of 12, 15 spaces. It's insane. Yeah, for every, like, elevation level they had, they increased, like, three times their range. It was nuts. Your guys, of course, always start out about the ground level. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Konami. <laughs> they, they call that challenge. <laughs> they, <laughs> they call that sadistic. I call it masochistic. <laughs> Yeah, you end up having to send, like, one heavy knight forward and hope that he didn't die. Yeah, and hope, yeah, that you didn't get to see his geyser blood spring up. Yes. I do recall the uh, sound effects not being terrible for some of the PS1 era games of this time. Kind of intense in-your-face sound effects, sword swings, and even the gushing blood had some sound effects with it. Like a spring sound, if I recall right. So I guess my only closing question is worth going back and playing. Well, yeah, I mean the the so you, like you said, there's the triangle, rock, paper, scissors thing, and and that's pretty done pretty well. After you get to like, well, I think it's like level ten, like most of these games, you get to upgrade your class, and and I think you get to choose. Don't you get to cho- choose what when you upgrade your class to like between two different ones or something? I think so. Could you? I, I might be thinking I of did. another game. I think it's another game. I got short-term memory. I had to look at my notes here. But um, anywho, following, let's see here. Example, archers have the option of continuing down the path of becoming more powerful bows, users known as snipers, or being made into flying hawk knights that are capable of passing over land or sea. Yeah, cool things like that I thought made it kind of interesting and, you know, definitely gave you, you know, gave you some some different options there um anywho um so she could play it a couple of different ways if you want you know and 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 i found that there was i think you only start off with like four or five core classes so and then you would get to so at first you seem to have duplicates of things when you get enough party members but then later on you get to diversify a little bit Uh, between that and the rock papers and scissors i agree there is some cheesy moments like the fact that the enemies start off so much higher than you and can pick you off from a freaking distance um but then um uh, but but like you just said, Phil, it's that's challenge. challenge. Yeah, and you will control, throw the controller a couple of times, but it isn't too too hard. And man, it is just so satisfying to see geysers of blood, as long as they're not yours. I, I had another question: Do you ever actually fight a dragon? Ooh, I, I don't, don't recall. recall fighting a dragon, but it has been ten years. Because the cover I, of the game, and you fight. There's a dragon. And, dragon. You know, that's a that's a good little story. On that is, you know, I I, I draw, you know, in my in my spare time, um, I drew a lot back then, and um, I did a. Somebody wanted me to do something based on the armor of the spear from the Bible or whatever have you, and I used that draw, like I used that cover, and I put it in front of me, and I drew off of that. So with that dragon coming out, it just looks so cool. So I, I do like the box art on that. Yeah, I wish the game art. This is one of the rare cases where the game art, the U.S. game art, especially, was kind of cooler than, or the box art was cooler than the game art itself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really like the art direction of the game. Uh, The art direction, uh, yeah, it was kind of hard to even make it out. Even for a PlayStation (laughs) game, it's kind of grainy. I mean, here's another example, in my opinion, of them. You you hear me say this over and over again, but PlayStation One forcing these 3D graphics down our throat too early when they weren't ready for it yet. I mean, you compare this to Final Fantasy Tactics. It's no contest. Tactics did the right thing, keeping everything um, 2D rendered, and yeah, they try to do this. Basically, these 
these flat 2D, ugly, low-res-ass sprites on 3D, low-res-ass polygon backgrounds with which which with the boards are only so big or maybe like 20 squares by 20 squares or something like that so around them you just got like this hazy crowd cloud crap and you know it's it just it's ugly as hell but uh well phil i i will speak out to this extent which is that the camera doesn't zoom in as much as it could and as much as it did in some other early ps1 games <laughs> yeah you don't want the camera zooming close on this it's not going to get any prettier <laughs> the closer you get in um see see th- this restraint on konami's report we we should be very thankful for because it makes the the eye gouging nature much less painful now than it would be otherwise yeah yeah and i can't remember if this is playable on my psp because i know oh wait no it's not no it's not on the playstation network because i still have the disc in my folder and i only i always move the disc out of my folder when i buy the playstation network version of a game um because then i don't need the disc anymore so i have a stack of disc i don't need anymore in my closet and the rest of them stay in my my folder where i have all my playstation 2 and 3 games on my backlog and stuff vandal hearts you still have to get on a disc um yeah i think you can go back i think you can play this you can have a good time it's only the good thing also is it doesn't overstay it's welcome from what i remember it was a pretty short game for a tactical rpg it was shorter than uh what i remember putting into final fantasy tactics you're not gonna sit around grinding up or anything like that 20 hours maybe 25 at the most yeah yeah that sounds about right yeah you're not gonna put in you know terribly too much time into it um def and speaking of the graphics how about those character portraits yeah those are (laughs) noses they all had really big noses i recall well you know it was to accommodate the occasional nosebleed they would have (laughs) ha i kill me (laughs) Uh, guys, there's a blood nose. We get it. Ha! Ah, big noses. Ah, it's like, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, you've, been watching, you've been watching too many harem shows lately, haven't you? Phil? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can get this brand new in the shrink wrap for the low price of ninety dollars plus shipping. Okay, probably not. I don't think it's worth. Probably not worth that. But you can't find a used copy for around fifteen bucks. So for fifteen bucks, yeah. definitely worth uh, snatching up and trying. Uh, there's this uh, reader review I'm looking at here. Uh, this guy who uh, wrote into us named Jew Mason gave it a three point five out of five. So it must be good. You know what I find really keep in mind I am I was talking about the Saturn version that I don't think much was changed. You know you know what I think I, I find interesting about this Jume Sins review? It's the same exact score as Otterland. Hmm. Great minds. That's an unfortunate Otter played a tactical game. Great. Otter hates tactical games. Great minds must think alike. Otterland gave it a three point five as well. Go figure. All right. So with that. Well, well, Otterland also wants to say that my Spanish coach is an RPG. So while we've got uh, while we've got Mike a little stunned, oh, we're gonna go right into the next one. That sounds like a good fun thing to do, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh no, I haven't played this one. You haven't played this one. Wait, wait no. was there any music in Vandal Hearts? There must have oh. been, but I don't remember it. Yeah, it's kind of epic sounding battle music all the time. That's all I recall. Generic epic battle sounding music. I think it was kind of repetitive, but it wasn't bad. If that, but you know, I'm going off memory. Alrighty then. So let's 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 take this up a notch with Vandal Hearts 2, developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Nagoya, published by Konami. This was released in North America on November 30th, 1999. Another single player tactical RPG experience coming to you on one CD-ROM, PlayStation. So, PlayStation, PlayStation, Vandal Hearts 2, with twice as much blood, takes place in the country of Natra. Everyone knows Natra, right? 
Who? Yeah, exactly. Another story that I care absolutely nothing about. Something about some guy, Joshua, 13 years old when it starts off. Something about parents dying in a squabble, which means I did. Did his parents? Wait, wait, wait. parents did, dying? Did they die in a big no, spurt no. of blood? That never happens in a video game. But did they die in a big spurt of blood? Do you, Do you remember the oh, wait, scene? Wait, 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 Anna. There is something unusual. Both parents dying. Usually oh, it's just one. that's true. That is true. Usually, usually it's already one parent, and then that one parent dies. They've got that one wrapped up. Yeah. You know, I See, think my favorite part of this game isn't how many parents die. <laughs> your child, your sister, becomes a hooker. Well, it, that's clear in the localization. It, it's hard to argue. Yes. Wow. Okay, Kanani. Um, uh, kudos to you. Yeah, breaking new ground there. I, I, I want to say, I really do want to say, and somebody can, I, I should have popped it in just played the first few minutes just to confirm this or not. I'm just now realizing. I want to say that the parents died in a cutscene there towards the beginning in a geyser of blood. You know, in Vandal Hearts fashion. I mean, every game sees parents kill off, but usually, you know, usually it's one of them getting punched in the gut. They kind of crumple over and they're like, oh, mom, and you know she's dead. But in this game, it's like, you know, blood splurting all up in the screen and crap. I mean, that that at least moves you a tiny bit. Not much, because it's so cliche, but... Yeah, anywho, they, 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 they just form a big group. Gotta save the world. Something, something I didn't care. Yeah, I only played, like, the really early beginning of this game. So I played as Joshua when he was 13. He had um, Clive and Yuri with him. We were introduced to Rosalie. And um, the thing that actually I thought was kind of cool about this is that it it was like a, a tactical RPG that um, you and the computer move at the same time. Yeah, this was this was and still is to my knowledge one of the most revolutionary things about this game. Every time you move to person, like let's say you're gonna move your hero ahead three squares and attack, the computer is also picking one of his uh, characters that still have a turn to do the same thing. Now, if you're gonna go and, and attack the guy, and that's the one that the computer also picked to move, well, you're gonna whiff the air because he's gonna move. You're gonna move at the same time. Then you attack. There's nothing in front of you, and then he attacks. And depending on who he's going after, maybe they're still in the same spot. This this. This really cre- created sort of a meta game when you're in these battles because then you find yourself start trying to double guess the computer. Which one is he going to move and which one is he going to go after? Because if you know he's going to go after, let's say, your hero then and your hero still has a turn, pick your hero to move and the computer is going to completely whiff the hit. And it makes and breaks battles. When- yeah, I actually <laughs> I played a, this a few battles into this and... I don't know how much I like that system or not. It, it, it's something that you have to. It's 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 learning the computer AI that gets satisfying. And if you just play a battle or two, it gets frustrating very quickly because you're just whiffing against guys. You don't know. You just have no idea which one of the computers is going to run first. So you end up missing for you know something that's really not your fault. So it feels cheap. But once you get to understand, you play enough to know computer likes to go after the weak people first and get whoever's close who can do that. And well, and well, computer loves to go for flanking because you do more damage from behind. So if the computer can once you start figuring out how the computer thinks you can start guessing ahead of time and get it with you know i always think i was getting it almost 50 percent of the time and it's just so satisfying when that you know you know that computer's gonna come after your mage or back attack your hero and instead what i would do is knowing my hero is facing north and knowing that the enemy was going to come around to the south and attack my hero from behind for the back attack all i would do is take my hero and move him two squares down and have him attack to the north in an empty square sure enough the enemy would go right in front with the square that used to be empty and now i'm getting a back attack instead of him getting a back attack on me he's whiffing the air it is just so effing satisfying 
It, yeah, it sounds like Phil had him a good time tricking that AI. Oh, and, and then they 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 <laughs> well, it's, and it's it just they would just spout in a geyser of blood. So part of it, you know, just you know, it was just so satisfying. Everybody became a rogue, but instead, uh, you know, but instead of hiding in the shadows and stabbing, it was a matter: of, can I outthink the computer AI and figure out what it's going to do, and figure out its habits and patterns, and use that to my advantage? Uh, it, and you kind of felt like everybody was almost a rogue in that in that. You know, in that respect, um, it just, I just, it just made me giggly. <laughs> but yes, it is a little on the cheap side. It's just, um, it, it is, it is. I mean, ultimately, it's not something I would want to do for eighty hours. But, uh, but for the twenty or so, was I, it eighty hours? I, no. no, 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 no. I don't believe it was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Um, I'll see if I can find out an hour for you. Well, wait. I, I remember I watched the classic game review of this, and Mark was having. He said it was fairly hard. Uh yeah well if you if you don't if you don't exploit that whole system of stabbing people in behind and kind of guessing the computer you know paying attention to that if uh, yeah it'll get frustrating <laughs> it'll be a long game um yeah I mean it's alright and it's still got the normal it's still got the rock papers and scissors crap going on and that becomes part of the computer AI like if you got your your flying dude and the computer's got an archer you know what the computer's gonna do next he's gonna take that archer and shoot your flying dude don't don't get your flying dude in range of the archer if he still has a turn um yeah it, it's kind of figuring out those things but oh man that it, you know and, and that is just so much fun once you get used to it that that's the hard part though it is a little bit of a learning curve to get over and i can see i could see a number of people getting frustrated easily over that well you know what you just described phil hmm. you've just described a tactical rpg format that varies from all the others well that's what i really that's why i really am passionate about this uh mike ultimately this uh system is uh, is a little off it's not going to be something that's going to be like oh wow I, I wish every game you know strategy rpg had this whereas you know we're going to talk about Disgaea and how much we love you know how Disgaea works there's a lot of things in Disgaea we'd love to see in other games but this is one of those games that you get out of your system and you're you're done <laughs> you know and you enjoy that you it's like candy it's sweet but it outstays its welcome once you get the game and it's I remember it being about the right amount of time. I remember when I was done, I was happy with it. I just didn't feel like a, a big rush to go back and play it again to try different things like I did with maybe Tactics or some of the other deeper RPGs that are out there. Even though Tactics takes a good three times as long to play through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, that's actually right, Mike. Uh, just a little side topic there. I've not been dying to go back and play Tactics because every time I start up, I'm like, wait a minute. This is the one that takes like eight hours because everything goes so slow. Yeah, that game's fun. I always find the game to be fun in the first half and then at the second half, it kind of drags. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know, playing Disgaea, I just love the ability to turn off all the animations and speed things up a bit. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Um... Yeah, but they called it the dual battle system. Doesn't that just sound awesome? It just no dual turn system. Oh, dual turn system. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because you took two turns at once, one of yours and one of theirs. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting theory. I think it uh, for a lot of. I think this game wasn't as popular for for that reason. I think it was a love it or hate it. Well, yes and no. I mean, the problem was is that people seemed to like the battle system and seemed to hate the music and the graphics less than the first one. But the problem is is that the thing that sucks some people... TRPGs are either going to be, I found in my experience, are either going to be good at one thing or another. They're either going to have a really good story or they're going to have a really good combat system. And if you're the type of person that plays the game for the story over the combat system, it doesn't matter how good the combat system is. If the story sucks, it sucks. And honestly, the biggest complaint that I've heard about Vandal Hearts 2 is that even though it is like a painfully linear story, it's got so many twists and turns you feel like you're smashing your head into the wall every 30 seconds. 
Mm. Okay, Phil, that, that sounds like a twisty, bendy story that you have to wrap your head around at every moment. Is that what you recall? There was a story? Oh, a story about blood that's trapped inside of a body that's dying to come out. You're right. I remember that now. And it was my job to help those bubbles full of blood, to help the blood find its freedom outside of its protein cage. Yeah, I remember that story. It's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, and you guys know me. I don't really play tactical RPGs for the story. In fact, I'm just trying to think. Outside of Diskea games, I, I love the, the narrative and the quirky humor in those. Um, outside of Diskea games, I found it very hard to to really enjoy any of the story in any of these. But Final Fantasy Tactics lost me hell. I just I can't figure any of these things out. Tactics oh, come now, really Phil. Good. Phil, you're forgetting the great, wonderful, gripping narrative of the first two Shining Force games. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, you could go... Come on now, Phil. Dark Soul. That's a great villain, if ever I've heard one. <laughs> I think that's what they do. I think they figure they put so much time into the, the tactics part of it and thinking that part out that they, they just, they just like, we're just going to make... No, no, no. Like I said... Well, well, who's the over. villain in Vandal Hearts 2? I have no clue. Uh, Bad guy? I, I don't remember. <laughs> Somebody who, who also had lots of blood that needed to be liberated from his corporeal form? Um, the thing with these Vandal Hearts games, I play them and I remember liking them, yeah. but I don't, don't remember. remember much about them. Yeah, specifics. I'm with John on <laughs> like that. That was fun, but what what did I just play? Yeah, yeah. There was a story. <laughs> you, you played an extended quest of all of these soldiers opposing you are filled with blood, and if you do not free that blood from its surrounding cluster of cells, then it will languish forever doomed to circulate endlessly in a confined circulatory system. You must stop that. Hmm. Yeah. This may not, in fact, be the preferred diagnosis of the medical profession. Uh, yeah, you know, again, I just, it's not, it's not the earth shattering. It's not Front Mission 3 that I, I brag about all the time. It's, it's, you know, there's so many, there's a number of other better uh, TRPGs out there, but it, like you said, Mike, it's original. Um, you can get a little frustrated if you don't stick with it and figure out how that little re, whatever you just called it, the active battle, not so turn-based system um, works. But uh, but if dual turn system, thank you, dual turn system. But if you give it a shot, I think you'll 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 enjoy it. And I think, like Mike said, it's original. <laughs> there's just there there's nothing else out there that that does that kind of battle system. And uh, and and I'm telling you guys, once you figure it out and you get a couple of good outthinks on the AI, and you see that satisfying geyser of blood as a result, as you get the backstab on the guy who's just about to backstab you. Oh, and you see that geyser of blood. Oh man, it's like a bloodgasm. Oh, and I'll leave it at that. So uh, you can get the uh, you can now again you have to buy the disc uh, disc version of this. The cheapest one I can find is about uh, twenty five dollars uh, plus shipping. This guy claims that it's adult owned, non smoking home, and that the disc and manual are in great shape. Most of the the prices range anywhere from forty to one hundred and twenty. With one gentleman from Illinois selling it brand new for one hundred and forty dollars. Though I don't know, I trust him with only a ninety two percent rating. And this was released in Japan, North America, and PAL territories. Mm. So, so blood can be enjoyed everywhere. And our site, RP Gamer, does not have a review of. I noticed that. I, I might have to do a retro. One of us will have to do a retro yeah. review. Yeah, I can't believe that. I saw that. Yeah, because good thing I remembered enough about blood to to talk about this. <laughs> she still asked me to talk about the story. I have no freaking clue. Well, were there any particularly memorable fights? Blood. 
the one with the most blood. I think it was in the middle somewhere. It was awesome. What would that be when you had about 50 guys show up and all of them needed to have their blood free? Yeah, you just saw like 50 little balloons filled with blood jump on the street and you just start going, yay! Oh, yeah, and you just have a good time. Uh, does Dracula ever make an appearance in Vandal Hearts? Oh, could you even, Sounds like a great place for could him. Could you imagine? He'd be like a kid in a candy shop. Holy cow. All right. Well, candy in a candle shop. Hmm. Yeah, another Vandal Hearts to talk about, don't we? Yes. There was a prequel. There's a flame, uh, flames of happiness or something. It should have been called flames of blood, really. Vandal Hearts, flames of judgment. Why couldn't they call it flames of blood? Um, because this one actually didn't have quite as much spurty nope. booty blood in it. Mm, it was released in North America. Yeah, this was actually developed in North America. January 21st, 2010, developed by Hijink Studios, published by Konami, a single-player tactical RPG available on your PlayStation 3 through the PlayStation Network only. And Xbox 360 versus yeah. XBLA. Oh, yeah, look at that. That's where I played it. I played it on the Xbox. Xbox. 360. I believe I also played it on the 360. Did you? Yeah. Didn't it come out on the 360 first, I recall? Or is it yeah, by a day. Okay. Then not too much sooner. This is a fun game, though. A fun, uh, definitely great for uh, XBLA game as far as content. Definitely. This actually was the game that forced me to buy an HDTV. I'd kind of been <laughs> riding the edge before that, but yeah. Getting this game, I just couldn't read any of the writing on the screen anymore. Hmm... Um, so why don't you talk about the story? Story. Um, the epic story. Um, epic mind. It's about a guy story. and his friend, and there's a girl with them, mm-hmm. and stuff happens, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, this is my problem with all of the oh, Vandal Hearts games. I remember, isn't it like the, the age-old cliched, there's a, like some kind of demon or god, and uh, he's mad because of too much war, and if war keeps happening, he's going like, to destroy the world or something? I honestly don't remember. I, I just remember really that, enjoying the combat system. That's what I played it for. I think that's the gist of it. Where uh, and then some evil parties are trying to create more war to to invoke the wrath of the god and destroy the world. I, I could be just talking out of my ass, but no, I, that sounds about right. <laughs> the... Sounds about like all of these games. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um... The cool thing that I liked about Flames of Judgment is it sort of took that that dual battle system from the second game and refined it greatly. So you you and the enemy both moved at the same time, um, and then you can and in any given turn you can use move a weapon item or magical ability. And the cool thing is is um, it didn't have sort of the traditional level up system. It had the use it and get better at it system. So every time you swing the sword, you got sword experience. Every time you cast a fireball, you got fireball experience. So you could really start to either jack of all trade or really heavily specialize your characters. And it was cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, I do recall that. No, I like that. It was different and uh I don't think the the uh, dual system was as jarring in this one as it was in two, if I recall. I think they did clean it up a little bit. One thing I didn't like was the everyone had really big heads and little bodies. Yeah, that's kind of a. I think that was kind of a spoof on the first. The first one had big heads, didn't it? Yeah, the a lot of the artwork in the series itself was very super deformed. So. Yeah. Well, if your head is the size of the rest of your body, then that means you must be very, very buff in order to cover to carry that huge head around, right? Right? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. I'm trying to come up with some kind of a justification here. 
Yeah, I'm coming up with nothing. It was just <laughs> yeah, silly looking. Okay, I, I'm, I don't, and I don't, we're I just going like for the, uh, the comic strip look. Maybe that the Avatar pictures either. I, I wasn't so fond of them. Maybe that's the, the maybe that's where they store all the blood. <laughs> yeah, I remember most of the reviews for this were pretty good, like seven out of ten in most places, and everybody panned the art style and the music. Doesn't this sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, I didn't mind the environment art. It looked not too bad, and uh, some of the enemies on the screen weren't too bad, but the avatars and your own characters, just, you just weren't running around with cool-looking characters. So you're kicking ass, and you felt pretty bad about it. <laughs> hmm. The thing that I seem to recall, and correct me if my memory is a little shoddy here, is um, there were things on the map that you could interact with. So, for example, if you yes. were nearby um, some a railroad, you could actually go over to the switch and hit the switch, and the railroad car would go flying into anybody that was on the track. Yeah, and I think you could also bust open boxes and get treasure and find treasure. And then there's also, they implemented into the battle where, oh, run over here and open the switch to let your team in or knock this guy down from this uh, perch with these boulders. And... Oh, that was cool. That was the enemy fortress. Yeah. And so they, they did actually force you to, force you to integrate the uh, objects in the environment sometimes for the strategy of the game, which was cool. It's different than kill all enemies now. So... Which was basically all of Vandal Hearts, too. <laughs> oh, come now. That, that's so, a great goal. That's absolutely different from every other tactical game out there. <laughs> now, the thing that I really liked about Vandal Hearts Flames is that it's totally approachable. And I think it's to- it's it still remains totally approachable. It's definitely... It's got a, a much better balance of challenge to levels that are going to completely kick my butt. So I think that if someone is newer to the TRPG genre, this would be a decent game for them. Yeah, it's it's not too difficult or grueling. Uh, it's not beat you over the head stupid easy either. So I, I could see uh, capturing some interest with, with new beginners. But, you know, it's not as easy as some of the, maybe the early PS1 games. Definitely. And I mean, if nothing else, Flames of Judgment has only been out for three years and it's aged a little more gracefully than Vandal Hearts 1 and 2. Yeah, I would say so. The, at least, though, uh, if you can get over those avatars. And, uh, <laughs> and but, because what, what are you talking about? Th- those graphics in Vandal Hearts 1 look great now. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, because it's a prequel to the series, you don't have to have played Vandal Hearts 1 and 2 to get into it at all. That's right. I don't, was there even any uh, Easter eggs or references to the other games? If there were, I At the recall. very end. Okay. And I won't tell you what it is because it's a huge spoiler. But yeah, at the very end, they link together to the... Well, I beat it, and I don't recall any of the linking, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You can go ahead, Anna. That's what we do. We spoil everything. Come on, Phil, back me up here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this game's only, what, four years old, three years old? Oh, yeah. It's well past the spoiler marker. If you don't... And I also don't want to tell it wrong, so someone else can do it. Well, as long as you don't tell a wrong story about the... What was that game we got blasted for, Mike? One of the tales of games. Yeah, yeah. As long no, it was it was Artanelico. Artanelico. As long as you don't make a mistake about Artanelico or just just no way. Yeah. After seeing that nitpick thread, I'm not going into anything else. I'm just gonna hang up now. Yeah, I'm telling you. Shoot. Well, uh, Artanelico apparently has a very, very dedicated fan base. Very. And that's cool. But I'm also going to disclaimer everything that I've said is my opinion and not fact. Also, we should mention that. If there is a dedicated Vandal Hearts fan base out there that is outraged at the liberal 
things Konami did with the localization of the first two games and has been dedicating itself to retranslating them in their entirety so that we can experience the glory and majesty of the first two Vandalheart stories for the first time in English. We haven't heard anything about it. Hmm. Huh? Which may mean that such a group does not exist. I, I'm still... Phil brought up Artanelico, and that seems to be one of the primary beefs. The NISA did not translate it well. You guys haven't seen the Final Fantasy VII retranslation project, have you? It's great. <laughs> Anyways, I think that pretty much wraps up all the Vandal Hearts we have to talk about. Yep, these are, I don't know, these are, I don't think they're ever anyone's favorite games, but I don't think a lot of people, they're like, just, hate them. Right, I mean, it, they're, they're solid, they're not crap, they're not gonna blow you away, but if you need a TRPG and want to try out a different style, then definitely pick up Vandal Hearts. Yeah, I mean, they're actually fun. I mean, there's, and, and, and again, I can't stress this enough, the fact that they're, how long was, was Flames of Judgment, by the way? We didn't talk about length. About the same, 20, I think 20, 25. hours? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's huge when, you know, you got other, especially from that stage, what'd you have, uh, aside from Final Fantasy, or Fantasy Tactics, you had, what, Katya and a few other ones that were real, Archa, yeah. Brigand, and like all that less TRPGs that took yeah. 60 to 100 yeah. hours to beat. Yeah, it took a long time to beat and, and they weren't... Dragon Force! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, of course, Dragon Force is special because I spent. You have to beat it thirteen hours. times. Oh no! Please do not make me listen to Mike talk about more Dragon Force. I love Dragon Force. Uh, it's cool, but I had Mike on a one of my my other show, and him and my other uh, guests were uh, also a Dragon Force fan, and they talked. They like took over my show with Dragon Force talk. <laughs> For all of about ten minutes, man. Yeah, ten minutes, five times. <laughs> well, um, uh. Dragon Force. Well, perhaps we should save his sanity and move on yes, to our Yes, we, we, should, we should avoid Dragon Force. We'll, it'll be a okay. Dragon Force episode. <laughs> okay. No, okay, no Dragon. I was just trying to come up with another tactical game that was from roughly the same era. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well we're going to take a tiny break and we'll come back with our blast from the recent past. And welcome to The Blast from the Recent Past. This is where we talk about uh, great or bad games that came out about two years ago. You might have passed them up. You might have bought them and they're sitting in your backlog. We help you decide whether you should go back and buy those jokers or play them now. Or whether you're better off just using them as a coaster. Today we're talking about Disgaea 4, A Promise Unforgotten. This is uh, developed by Nippon Itchy Software, published by NIS America, released on the PlayStation 3. 
Korea and North America on uh, September the 6th, 2011. And I believe, was it a simultaneous launch for the Vita or did it come out later? Probably came out later. Vita came out later. later, Yeah. Yeah. So this is a single player tactical RPG. And um, and I've had, uh, oh, it hasn't come out in North America on the Vita, not to scale four. Uh, three has, but not four. Aha. They were taught. That's right. J- January 2014. That's right. I remember reading this. Uh, they announced that they are going to be releasing it for the Vita. Um, and and so we're hoping, of course, by natural extension that we'll eventually get the North America uh, Vita release. Um so, Diskea 4. Hmm. Um, yeah, g- uh, gosh, geez, if you haven't played a Diskea game, boy, you really need to go and play one. Th- these things are just a lot of fun and really awesome, and Diskea 4 just carries on that, that proud tradition um, that the first one set up. Um, it's the uh, it's the latest game, well, it was the latest game until Diskea D2 came out. I got it in the mail yesterday. Yay! Sitting right here, Diskea D2, A Brighter Darkness. Uh, anywho, Diskea 4, Promise Unforgotten, is a story about a uh, former uh, vampire Empire tyranty guy and his faithful werewolf servant. Um, and I'm really terrible with names, so I could slaughter them. Uh, but we'll just call him Val. I think I like Val for short. Um, oh, come on, Phil. Let's hear the creative pronunciation you will apply. Val Vadohiki. Oh, it's Val Topaz. Oh, Topaz. I know what a Topaz is. There we go. Man, that works. Anywho. So do I. It's but I don't think we're talking about the same topaz if we do. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, so uh, so uh, the, the title "Promise Unforgotten" comes from the fact that this is a demon lord guy who absolutely keeps all of his promises. That's a big, big thing with him. And um, he mentions at the beginning that he has made a promise uh, never to drink human blood again, which is pretty funny for a vampire. Instead, he lives off of the power of sardines. Well, it doesn't have to be funny, at least not straight, because uh, wasn't that the premise of the vegetarian vampires in that glittery series that has finally stopped seeing new installments? Well, then you had... Yeah, then you had... You know the series I'm talking about. Oh, jeez. You had to go there, Mike. (sighs) We're talking about about vampires abstaining from human blood, Phil. Are you talking about Twilight? Oh, she said it. Oh, Oh, sorry. My ears. My virgin ears. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I should, I should add an addendum here. Twilight with riff tracks. Get the. Yeah, I was going to talk about that uh, that really uh, um, obscure cartoon from the eighties about the uh, the Count Ducula who drinks uh, tomato sauce. He's a vegetarian. Oh wow! Didn't he still there, Minky? Valusia? Didn't he? Didn't he spawn a Saturday morning cartoon? That's what I say. It was called Count Ducula. Anywho, we digress. The whole point is he relies on sardines for his power source. And because he's not really a guy, I don't think I've found out the reason just yet. But um, he is he's he's clearly uh, been demoted uh, and he is now in charge of the Prinny Warden. So Prinny's is, uh, as it mentioned in the first uh, Disque or so, uh, Prinny's are these little penguin guys. They're the lowest form of um, of demons in Disgaea. Uh, they're generally sinful souls who are trying to atone for their sins in the real life um and he's in charge of the prinnies he's basically their trainer and once once he's got them trained then they're ready to move up to the netherworld the real place where demons hang out where they will get to serve demons uh to work off their sin so um so these are really the lows of the lows that he's in charge of just getting them ready just so they can serve you know real uh real demons and the such 
And he um, he has and so he's graduating this group of these printies and he he is given them for their graduation ceremony. He is given them each one sardine because, of course, printies being penguins love sardines. But before he can give that to them, they are all taken away from them. It turns out. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. It turns out that the uh, corruptment, which is their government <laughs> corruptment, ah, that we should call our government the corruptment, uh, the corruptment has uh, has put a ban on printies is hunting them all down there's just too many printies uh there's oh they're overpopulated so they're gonna they're out to kill them all well this pisses him off because he made a promise he doesn't care if the corruptment does something to printies only after he's given them the sardines you know he just wants to feed them and they take them away so he goes off and uh, you know to hunt them down it's a freaking silly story but it's one that you're gonna remember because as we mentioned in the other games it's like you forget those save the world types of stories Discaya games you know they're hilarious they got great characters great humor um you know you just love to play these things uh if you play previous Disgaea games one of the things they're kind of known for is low res graphics but Disgaea 4 actually bumps up the graphics on the previous ones a notch it's using 2d animated sprites uh kind of reminds us of vandal hearts but Disgaea 3 was a bit low res with this graphics Disgaea 4 nice and crisp on the characters finally uh upgraded to a halfway decent resolution it's it's not going to blow you away but when you've been playing the older ones uh uh, it's a nice upgrade and you're usually playing on 3d battlegrounds that are grid based more or less so it's nothing that's going to blow you away as far as the graphics go but the music is always great i mean gosh dang, i'm playing Disgaea 3 uh in my bedroom and i got the little song la 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 la, la you know while i'm in the oh it, it's just great the, the music there is just i don't even know how to describe it quirky japanese quirky um yeah i don't know somber music when it's supposed to be somber and vocal work mixed in there it, it, it's really awesome so music is spot on now the gameplay in Disgaea games if, if for some odd reason you haven't played them it's super super deep it's a, it's, a, it's a system that really lets you that just encourages you to get your powers tweaked out and overpowered i could spend all show just talking about the different subsystems that are here. And if you play Disgaea 3, Disgaea 4 doesn't change a whole lot from Disgaea 3, but tweaks it. Um, so you got your characters. You start off with some basic classes like healer and fighter. Plus you got your hero characters uh, that basically for more or less tend to work like uh, normal fighters or archers. Um and as you level, uh, let's see, you level them up, you learn new skills, you buy new skills with currency that you earn while you're killing crap. Um, and as you level up the basic classes, you unlock extra classes. Uh, it, it just goes, uh, you get items, you can dive into the items, each item. This is kind of silly, but it's true. So you buy an item, it gets you stronger, it adds to your defense or whatever the deal may be. And the funny thing is everybody can equip three defensive items, even if they're all the hats. You can wear three hats if you want to, it doesn't matter. You're just using them for the stats but inside of each item is random dungeons many levels of random dungeons and you can go inside those items into item world and clear dungeons which makes your item and weapon more powerful while you earn experience while you earn crap tons of i forget what the currency is called but uh, gold or whatever the deal may be which you're going to use to buy even more powerful items now uh, there's a sto- the story there's a story going on there that i mentioned before um so there's main maps that you need to clear to advance the story and every time you clear a map you get a good juicy part of story that for the most part is voice acted um 
So usually my my standard rinse and repeat thing is I'll do a few maps, get a good chunk of story, and then I'll dive into item world and get some levels and power up one or one, one or two items and earn a crap ton of gold so I can buy even more powerful items. And that usually keeps me ahead of the curve. Uh, by the time you get to the end of the game, the final chapter or two, like in most of these uh, these games made by these guys, tend to really spike up the difficulty. But the great thing about the Disgaea games and most of these games these guys make is that you can go back and you can do item levels and you can make this game as easy as you want by exploiting the subsystems that are there um there's even a way to vote uh to have uh, the senators vote on whether or not your game is easier or harder whether or not the enemies are higher or lower level um whether or not the items that are being sold are higher and lower level i mean there's just all kinds of ways to make your characters you know get sicker and sicker in terms of of raw power but uh for me because my time is limited i'm not one of those crazy people that looks to exploit the subsystems to make the most powerful awesome party ever um, so I just, uh, I just usually get just enough through to beat the story and see what, see what they're talking about. So, um, Disgaea 4, a lot of super fun. I'm still working my way through it myself, but, uh, our very own Mr. Uh, Mike Apps, who couldn't be here tonight, uh, who reviewed it for the PlayStation 3, gave it a 4.5 out of 5. So he says it's the finest iteration of the Disgaea series. Very complex maps. Keeps things interesting. That's another thing that the maps, these, there's, there's one, another thing about the Disgaea games. It's very easy to get bored with tactical RPGs, especially when you're grinding for levels and stuff because it's kind of especially you're fighting generic enemies it feels like the same fights over and over you're kind of rinsing and repeating and slowly leveling up with uh Disgaea games you're going to uh, even if you're going to item world or you're replaying some of the excellently designed maps because of the geo blocks that can make enemies more powerful weaker uh give you more experience points give you more gold um change the rules of the game uh you know there's a block that will if you're on it when you get hit you instantly die there's another block where if you're on it you get healed instead of uh it reverses your damage you get healed instead of getting hurt unless you cast a cure spell you get hurt uh there's all these blocks that can do all these different things you can even line up the blocks and destroy them in a way that clears off the whole board and gets you lots of bonus money and experience it just goes on and on the game's very deep but it eases you into it there is kind of a tutorial which i've noted is uh at the beginning when they're easing you into the different things and moving you through tutorials they're almost word for word the same as Disgaea. so again not a whole lot different here but what's there has been tweaked from Disgaea 3 making it a tighter and more fun game so check it out Disgaea 4 highly highly recommended let's let's just check our okay. boys how many how many total Disgaea games do we have now uh well I'm not counting ports well yeah now that you've got uh, so they just released Disgaea D2 which is a sequel a proper sequel to the very first Disgaea game which was very popular uh, uh the characters and that just a lot of fun to watch them interact and which makes makes five six six where's the six one there is there, there. one, two, three, four, D two, and then there's um a a, a text adventure game. I'm not gonna count that. It's on the PSP. It's gonna count a text adventure game. It's not Why a tactical not? It's RPG. A game. It's not even a printy game. I'm not counting the printy games. Well, uh, you know, I'm not gonna count the stuffed dolls either. Hey, text I have game. all the stuffed dolls. I, I I got one around here somewhere. Yeah, and I'll tell you one one thing about these. Uh, now, normally, uh, since Disgaea two's, D D2's just come out, um, normally I tell you guys uh, for most of these games, you can wait till they go down in price. Uh, Disgaea four, I promise, unforgotten. Now that's two years old, you can get that for about. I'm looking online, you can get it for about twenty twenty five bucks. So if you waited a year or two, you can you could save almost half the price. Um, but the the thing, yeah, the thing. My limited edition is still sitting in its box. Right, but the cool thing about these, and I did the same thing when I got to I. 
did pre-order Disgaea 4 and uh and I pre-ordered Disgaea D2 I totally forgot that I did and the reason but the reason why I pre-order these things and I'm, I'm really glad I did now that I actually got in the mail is uh or you buy it brand new is because it comes with lots of bonus crap so I got a for Disgaea D2 I got two uh two disc soundtrack i've got a really pretty postcard looks like a large postcard i guess i could put that somewhere i suppose and i've got um supposedly an art book it said but i don't see it I'm, I'm looking maybe i got a real instruction book for what that matters that doesn't look like an art book, though uh is it in the oh is it in the cd to hang that'd be a very small art no i don't see where they get where they get off with the art book I, all i got is an art card i don't got an art book so i'm, I'm gonna read the back Did it say art book demons and angels from the netherworld blast away hmm uh, nope, not really sure where I saw that. Maybe I'm just thinking something else. But anyways, the two-disc uh, soundtrack makes it totally worth it to me. I love the, the music on these games. So if you can pick up D2 brand new, if you're a fan of the series, definitely pick it up because you get the soundtrack. Because if you buy it used, chances are the guy's going to lose the soundtrack. So, And when I got Disgaea, when I got uh, Disgaea 4, it came, I, I don't know if I got the limited edition or what, but I got this cute little figure, and I forget her name, the girl, the girl who wears the pretty hat who carries around the bat. That's a trivia uh, question. What's her name? <laughs> Beats me. I can never remember these names. You know I'm bad with names. Anyways. Uh, is it is it the girl who has a name kind of like a dessert? Like I would remember. Flan? No. That's the no. angel girl. That's in D2. Yeah, this one's from Disgaea. Oh, four. Okay. When I bought four. I don't know if I got the limited edition or pre-ordered it or what, but I got a little figurine on the stand. It looks really nice. Hmm. Anywho, so yeah, sometimes uh, pre-ordering and buying these games in advance, um, I, I usually do lately because they have art books and soundtracks and stuff that I'm pretty sure I wouldn't get if I got it used. So anywho, go out and get it to scale four if you haven't got it yet, uh, or if you got a Vita, there's a decent chance later on next year we'll get a we'll get a Vita port of that. And I'm playing just you know just a quick aside here. I'm actually playing to scale three because it uh, on on my Vita. I played it probably 70% of the way through on my PlayStation 3 and I got sidetracked. Um, so I picked it back up. So are you Vita. having to restart it on the Vita? Oh, you know, I didn't even try to upload my save file. Some of the some of the games let you do cross-save. Probably not Disgaea 3. It's probably pre-4 cross-save functionality. Um, I want to start over anyways because of the story. So, and I did have funny stories. It's just funny. It's worth it. So, and the playing the game so much fun. I just, you just, yeah, yeah. Go, go and try it out. So if you got a Vita though, um, D3, if you're playing this again, people say all oh, Vitas have a big library or anything. Maybe it's not big, but, uh, it's got a decent library, especially when you're PlayStation Plus. I got that for free as PlayStation Plus member, Disgaea 3. I got a whole bunch of great games on here for my PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Network Plus. And you get one, and, and if you got a PlayStation 3, you're getting both, both of those games at the same time. So, hmm, got XCOM Enemy Unknown the other day. Yeah, sure, why not? Hmm, that's pretty cute. Yeah. Uncharted. Yeah, got Uncharted too. Yay. Anywho. Are we up to at least the third Uncharted now? We got the three on the PlayStation 3, and then I got the one on the Vita from the PlayStation Plus program. And I'm through the, I'm working my way through those. I'm like two-thirds of the way through the second one. Didn't really like the first one a whole lot. Second one's a little better. I can see why people say Tomb Raider's better than new Tomb Raider. Anywho, we digress. This is <laughs> We should be doing saving all this for the kitchen sink anyway. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with the final lap.
is the final lap where we read your questions and comments on the air, answer your questions, and just talk about whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Uh, but uh, one of the first things we do is mention what the next show is. Our next show is, and Mike, Mike, you told me I could say this, right? I even got spe- special permission from Max Durham that this will go on the index. All right. It's uh, RPG Backcheck number 104. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Oh, I've been dying to say that for weeks. We're going to be talking about the X-Men Legends game, some of my favorite games on the older system. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, so we will do that in a bit. Uh, we don't have any questions or comments because I'm still trying to get the last show up because we kind of recorded that a little late. So these two will probably go up close to each other, unfortunately, unless Mike decides to get creative and space them out. We will see. We'll see. I- it all depends on when I have something to work with. There you go. Um, alrighty, so uh, let's talk about what you guys are watching, playing, doing on the site. Haven't heard from Anna in a while. Anna, what's up with you? Um, <laughs> You've been busy. I got, yeah, I'm trying to think of when the last time I was on the backtrack was. Well, I got married. That took up some of my time. Yeah. You gotta, and, uh, aww, gotta, that, that makes absolutely no sense. Anna. Yeah, like get out. <laughs> The nice so, thing is, you and Shirley don't don't do anything together, right? No, not really. No, no. We play video games in the same room. That counts as marriage, right? <laughs> we play a lot of video games in the same room. Yeah, family that slays together stays together. It is true. But um, yeah. Now that I moved into the U.S. and have health insurance and stuff, I've just been dealing with all sorts of doctors, which is good because now I have new eyeglasses and I've had a toenail removed and. All sorts of fun stuff that just... That means you can just bitch about the Washington government just like everybody else. <laughs> no, no, because we have health insurance through his work. And your government is stupid and I want to quit your country, but I haven't yet Anna? convinced us to move to Canada. Well, Anna, all you have to do is come up with a way to make the U.S. government work. Fire all the Tea Party. Okay, and then come up with a way to make sure that more Tea Party are not simply re- put right back in those si- in those seats. Ban the tea party. You you go ahead, right ahead and do that, Anna. Let, let me know how your success rate goes. I mean, if the block... Because U.S. politics cost, is so easy to fix. Hey, if the block Quebecois taught me anything, it's that people eventually get tired of their crap and make them go away. It just took nope. the block Quebecois 40 years. Sorry, man. Yeah, so just imagine if the block Quebecois had the capability of making the government in Ottawa shut down. <laughs> Well, they almost did. They almost caused our country to split. And just imagine that they've used that on a weekly basis almost. Ooh. Well, yeah, I'm glad they're not a political party anymore. But yeah, other than that, I've been playing a lot of video games, and they have mostly been portable stuff. And these are much more fun to talk about, actually. (laughs) American politics is confusing to talk about. Video games, not so confusing. So I've just, yeah, I've been playing tons and tons of 3DS stuff, and I've been playing tons of stuff on my mobile. Um, Particularly notable ones, I played and beat Mario & Luigi Dream Team, and I am currently, I'd say, about 75% through Etrian Odyssey Untold, the Millennium Girl. Wow, making and some progress. I as, am. As the one who reviewed Dream Team, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, what were your thoughts um, on it? Yeah, much better than Bowser's Inside Story. Really? Okay. Yeah, I my my issue with Bowser's Inside Story is I got about two thirds of the way through the game and was like, you know what, this is boring. I'm done, and I feel satisfied with the content I got out of this game. And I just put it down and I've never thought about it again because it was just, I was done with it. Um, the only thing I didn't like about Mario and Luigi is the final battle, sorry, the second two final battles stinks. 
What, you, you don't like going into the dream realm and being chased eternally until you figure out exactly the way to get out of it? Actually, that I didn't mind. No, it was the... This, um, much like the previous Mario Luigi games, there's a giant Luigi battles. And they've done a fairly good job of making them scary. Are, are you talking about the, the Are you talking about the last giant battle then? Yes. Okay, so I thought you were talking about the Antasma fight. No, the second to last boss battle. So they've done a relatively good job of spacing them out. There's only five in the whole game. Um, but the problem is, is that part of finishing the battle um, requires is, you to tilt your 3ds. Is a gyroscopic sequence, and yeah. the gyro in my 3ds, despite it being new, is not actually attuned correctly. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, here's how I eventually beat that fight. Uh, I waited, I, got... I failed it, and I failed it, and I failed it until it made it easy. And you know what the worst part is? I figured out, um, looking back at some FAQs and looking at how they simplified the sequence, I was failing on the fire, final fireball every time. Yeah. Well, I think I actually beat the fight itself, but then it gets more complicated when you have to guide Mario for the final strike. Yeah. Yeah, and, the gyro yeah. was where I was having the issue. Okay, I just yeah. it. I failed, and I failed, well, and I failed, and I failed until it, the game made it easy enough for me. To well, pass. it was the same thing for me. Eventually, yeah. it asks, you, you know, you've, you've been, you seem to be having trouble. Would you like us to make this easier for you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, the thing that I really enjoyed about Dream Team was that the bosses were a huge, massively huge difficulty spike. For but no if apparent. you lose, then you can switch to easy mode. And that was the thing. is It was like, it felt stupid that the bosses were easy, but then they restored my faith in the game that if you die to a boss, you can restart it on easy mode. And it's like, well, I, I really like this game. The boss battles are the things that I don't like, so if I can just plow my way through them and get back to actually playing the game, then that makes me happy. And then you feel like you had too easy a time because you downed the bosses in under a minute, but whatever. Two, yeah. yeah, that's okay. okay. Even so, the final boss. <laughs> actually, be, I, did I beat him without? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I managed to beat him, I think, without being on easy mode. But yeah, holy crap, running through the dream world a trillion times and tripping over the wrong hole. Yeah. But overall, I felt like it was a really solid game, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Well, I liked it on balance, sure. I just thought... It, it seems to take longer to play through than the other three, except it... it the, the adventure doesn't seem to take noticeably lo longer in uh, the scope of it, Correct. which means that the, the text you're going to get is you, is so unnecessary in spots that it bugged me a bit. And I like the fact that there are um, all of the stuff from the previous game. So there are bean people, and there are the poot, the poot things from the Animal Crossing games that were also in previous Mario Luigi games. And, and so the block people, I think, were in... We're in Bowser's Inside Story. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. So, um, Partners in Time is still definitely my favorite, but um, Dream Team is definitely my second favorite in the series now. So it has usurped Superstar Saga. No. Well, even with my reservations, it was a fun game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I would highly recommend it. And um, this last week, I bought and downloaded um, Etrian Odyssey Untold Millennium Girl. So, Apparently you've been plowing your way through that thing. I have been plowing my way through it because it's only been out for a week, and yeah, I'm, 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 I really want to finish it this week. So because there's more games coming out that I'm gonna want to play. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that new Zelda game. Oh yeah, <laughs> holy! Oh. You gonna get Hometown Story? <laughs> Isn't that a stupid question? <laughs> Perhaps, but let's just get it on the record. There's always too many games. Too many games. Yeah, I'm getting Hometown Story. I get it as part of my job. Well, okay, see? 
every, everybody who listens to the backtrack might not remember that, so it's good to get it on the record. My apologies. I work for Natsume and other video game companies. So, yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for Hometown Story, but I'm obviously quite biased. But yeah, um, I played the first Etrian Odyssey game and never got further than the first two or three levels in the first stratum because it's, it was just too hard for me. And I'm okay saying that I'm a gaming wimp. I'm, I'm, I'm cruising down the easy street with Mac, you know, on my side. And uh, so I, I didn't play 2, I didn't play 3, but I purchased Chris at Train Odyssey 4. And watching him play it, I realized that they have significantly changed the game. It's like, oh, there's an easy mode now. And oh, there's, you know, assisted mapping. And oh, there's all these nice little things. And... When I heard that Etrian Odyssey Untold had like the the, the pre-established party that follows um, a, a grander story, I'm like sold. You know, hook me up. So I am playing on story mode, and I have my established party. I am just shy of level 50. I think I'm 47, 48, depending on the character, and a few people die on a boss. And um, yeah, it's just it's really fun. I'm playing on easy. I have assisted map turned on, and I'm just plowing through it. It's really fun. It's the Etrian Odyssey game that I wanted Etrius and Odyssey 1 to be. And so it, we're very full circle now. Very full circle. Yes. So if you don't like card games, pick up Etrian Odyssey Untold because there is an easy way to play it. Yeah. And don't pick up the Dark Spire. Don't pick up the Dark Spire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It doesn't have an easy mode. It doesn't have a medium mode. Yeah, it, it, it actually doesn't even have. I wouldn't even say it's hard. I, I would say it just cheats. I it just it's just it's just yeah, it, it's just wrong. Yeah, and, and you know, and for those of you who who like super hard, you're masochistic. You got all the free time in the world. You like to draw your own maps. You can still play the new Etrian Odyssey. You know the your way. You can still play it. That that's still all there. They have not taken that out. I think that, and I think you can actually play it on a harder mode than yeah, the original game. Yeah, you can take it up a notch. When I think I don't know if you have to beat it first or if you can you got that right from the beginning. But uh, yeah, I remember seeing that new difficult, um, higher difficulty deal. So I mean, yeah, you can play it your way. I think that's what makes it. That was what was really cool about the new Fire Emblem is giving the player the option is just that. That to me is a win-win. That that's. Oh yeah, I played and beat that on casual, and I then played and beat it again on casual, and. <laughs> I, I, like, made a spreadsheet of all of my marriages so that I could maximize all of my children's potential. Oh, jeez. There's something wrong about this. It's like you're, it's like you're, uh, what do they... I was selectively breeding. Selective breeding. Deal with it. Genetic, you know, genetic breeding your kids. I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're just, man, it's like cattle. They're like cattle. Yeah, get that stud over there, man. He's a good stud. We're going to use that one. Too funny. Um... Wow, cool, cool, and I've I've been liking. It. Yeah, I I totally second from the um from the uh, number of hours I put into the demo. I'm just with y'all on that new Etrian Odyssey. Uh, very easy win. I, I personally am a fan of the cartridges because I've I'm paranoid that one day my 3ds is going to break. Um, and, and then I'm going to have to go through that whole process of of buying a new one and trying to get Nintendo to put my games onto the new one because it's t- because Nintendo is evil and how it's tied into the freaking system and not the assigning like everybody else in the world does <sighs> that's my only gripe but i i, I bought it by on the disc yeah i don't I don't download stuff for the any of the Nintendo systems either yeah i mean on the vita on a vita i regularly delete and install on different cards and stuff it's not a big deal it's tied into my account 
Anywho, um, but it looks pretty too. I, I think it looked pretty. Don't you think it looked pretty? It is very pretty. I, I like the way it looks. I like the graphics. I just I, there's I got nothing but love for the new Etrian Odyssey so far, um, and I didn't have anything but love for the first one as, as people have heard me rant about the first one. So alrighty, uh, what about? I, actually, I don't remember you ranting much about the. First oh one. my gosh, you don't remember that? Okay, so if you go back to like I think it's back to number twenty eight and a half. Oh, I just went off on it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't remember which one it was. But I think my problem with the first one is, as Anna says, it's really, really hard. And I think what frustrates me the most about it is when you got something that's that difficult, you really, really need to make the best out of your talent points. There's a talent point system there. And and the only way they describe it to you is when you're highlighting, let's say, you got this skill you know, fire up or whatever have you. It just says fire. It'll just say attack power one arrow. Is that 1%, 5%, 10%? Is that going to be useful in the future? You know, binds heads. Bind, binds heads. Uh, maybe stop spell casting. What's the percentage chance on that? I need some details because God, the Lord only knows. Once you put your point into it, you don't get it back. You can, you can respec essentially for, oh, for the cost of 10 levels, which only took you 28 and a half hours to grind out. This ain't to scale where you can get 10 levels really quick if you know how. Uh, you know, now this is... This is a really, you earn every single layer, le- level in those early, especially in the early Etronauts. Uh, it's, it's tough as nails. So I don't mind it being tough as nails as long as you explain to me exactly what are the skills that I get to choose from and, uh, you know, give me some idea of, you know, so I can properly plan out my strategy so I don't feel like I've wasted 22 and a half hours. And you can kind of get around it by reading, a, you know, a strategy guide. I would highly recommend if you're going to go play earlier at your Odysseys, go read a strategy guide. At least figure out, it's kind of like we talked about with the Dark Spire, at least figure out, you know, which one of those, what they do. And probably more importantly, unless you want to waste, um, you know, hours and dozens of hours of, of trial and error, you probably want to go ahead and read what's actually useful in the higher levels so you don't waste your time buying skills that you know at the higher levels when you really need skills the most uh you know are ultimately worthless yeah because respecting at higher levels not fun just say it boys and girls not fun but uh the new one it, it, it gives you a lot more breathing space it gives you better descriptions you've got better I, for lack of a better description i want to call them tech trees but you got ability trees and it makes it very clear what unlocks what so i think the first entry nasi didn't make i think it sort of it was a little bit harder to find but the, now they revamped it and remade it. And I believe they've redesigned the uh, dungeons too, right, Anna? Yeah. 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 So um, there's all sorts of requests and stuff that you get. Mm-hmm. And some of them are retreads, but a, quite a number of them are new. Mm. Um so yeah, and, and so with the easier mode, uh, the better description, the, the better tech trees, and and if you're not into drawing little maps on your bottom half of your thing, which is a little bit of a, a drag for some, uh, which I I totally get. Uh, you know, this the the new remake totally. I would just I would just not even play the first one. I'd play the remake. Uh, maybe go back and play two and three if you love them that much. But um, yeah. All right. Uh, what about you, Mister Stringer? Oh, well, let's see. I got sucked into Final Fantasy fourteen A Realm Reborn against my better judgment. Ooh, tell us about it. Are you playing on Leviathan? Yeah. Yay! I'm a Gary's Black on there. Then I got my buddy to get play, and my wife's playing. I don't know, I kind of mm-hmm. swore off I'd never have time for MMOs again, but I'm having fun with it. Uh, the, the game's beautiful. It's really, really nice looking. Uh, the music's really good. Uh, the, the gameplay is mostly standard fare, but the, the story aspect so far is intriguing. And uh, uh, basically, just I'm, I'm you, hooked right now. Hmm? Have you hit level 30 yet? No, I'm at 20. 
six, maybe twenty-five. So at level thirty, you finish your first class storyline, mm-hmm. and from there, everything goes tipsy topsy turvy. Ah. it's really cool. Final Fantasy fourteen is neat in that it's a really good Final Fantasy game and a mm-hmm. solid MMO. Yeah. So if you like one or the other, definitely give it a try. Yeah, so far so good. Definitely. Um... I don't really have a lot of complaints. I wish there was... I kind of don't like the way they bind classes to whatever weapon you have. I like having classes with weapon variants. Like, you know, the warrior character gets to use these different, you know, swords, axes, uh, hammers, that kind of stuff. But eh, it's a small gripe. I can get over it. Uh, the rest of the game is, is pretty fun. Um, other than that, what I, was, uh, I was playing Tactics Ogre again on my PSP. I've played it before, stopped for some reason. I've uh, beaten the original, well, the port on the PS1, and uh, I love the PSP remake, so I keep going back to it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It is It is really well done. I like it, too. Yeah, it's my in my top five for sure of all time. I, I love that game. Um, other than that, not a lot new. My little, well, since the last time I've been on, I now have a daughter. What? Yay, congrats. What, what, what system is that game on? <laughs> The system of life. No, uh, oh, I think Mac reviewed that a few years ago. It, it was a really <laughs> slow game. one out of game. five. <laughs> yeah, he said that there were almost no ways you could bork it to your own advantage, and that it's really, really long. Yeah, in, you're talking years before you get anywhere in life. And the subscription fees. Whew, <laughs> subscription fees. <laughs> no, she's nine months old now, so I guess it's been that long since I've been on a show. Uh, and it's it has cramped my gaming time some, but not as much as you'd think it might, or as other people would make yeah, it happy. Yeah, for the first year, you get lots of gaming time between crying, pooping, and eating. It's when they yeah. start to, it's like walking that you start to lose a lot of your gaming time. Yeah, she crawls really well now, gets into my games all the time. Um, she's unplugged my... Actually, I was uh, uploading... Or I was fixing up the index to upload the the Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition story right as I was clicking hey, uh, to submit. That sounds like a story you've done for the site. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think you should tell us about right, it. Right as I was clicking submit, she pulls the cord out of the wall of my for my power strip that my computer's on. Oh, no. It zapped. I'm like, oh, I hope that didn't just screw everything up. I was kind of worried for a second, but no, it, it didn't. She didn't through. electrocute herself, did she? No, she just grew okay. I wouldn't. It would, we'd be having a different story if that happened. But <laughs> no, she just. Yeah, this was this was the night. The this was the series of nights where I got to experience the lovely treatment of my emergency ward at the local <laughs> hospital. My wife, she's quit her job and she stays home and takes care of her, and I do the work thing every day. And it's kind of it's different, but it's like it's different, but not as different as you think it might. So. Things change, but then you kind of get in a routine pretty fast, and it's kind of normal again. So it's not too bad. Um, she, well, I did have one day I came home, and I was trying to play a game in my 360, and I started it up, and nothing was popping up as a game being in the system. Apparently, she opened up the tray and pulled the game out, and the game was laying on the floor <laughs> oh. while I was gone during the day. Oh, yeah. when I... she likes the she likes the pretty lights on it, so she go and and of course I have the slim version, so it's touch open, so she'll graze that thing and pops the disc out. Oh, that's really fun for her. So then she's got to grab the disc out from inside the disc tray and then throws it on the ground. Cause... She hasn't tried. She hasn't had to. Uh exercise her teeth on anything yet has she she's got two teeth two bottom teeth but she puts stuff in her mouth but i don't think she really does damage with it so if anything she'd slobber on it but 
she likes pulling games off the uh, one of the shelves fairly often. But so far, nothing really damaged. Uh, so far, so good. And then sooner or later, when she gets a little older, then, then I get to have the fun of playing games with her. So hopefully that'll be cool. Now, it's even more fun when they're a little bit older. I had a, I had a fiancé who had, like, five-year-old. I was watching one time, not watching close enough because uh, she stuck a fork into my CD-ROM drive and closed it really nice. And, <laughs> um, no, the fork went to VCR and coins went in my CD-ROM drive, which I was unable to use to play video games later on. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure there's gonna be something like that in the future just luckily it hasn't happened yet but she's only nine months so i have uh, some growing pains ahead of us isn't that when you just get rid of them you <laughs> mess with the game system you're gone type of deal yeah. i don't think that's quite how it works phil yeah. and i have a very george carlin setup. having a line along these here's how he, he makes it out people make it out like it's the toughest thing in the world raising a kid it's not if you follow the steps first step Take the kid, you stick him on a street corner. Then you leave him there for a week. Come back, if the kid is still there, you got yourself a stupid kid. And you just work up from that, and you just work from that base. See, very simple. There you Evil. go. Evil. <laughs> no, uh, so, I mean, other than that, I'm trying to think of any other gaming things I've been up to, but I was trying to play Dragon Age Origins again and got sidetracked. Uh, I need to get back to that and finish it. I was pretty close to the end. So I was trying to catch up on some of this nasty backlog I have, and fortunately having babies do not help with the backlog. Neither, so. No, that's exactly what I've been doing, my friend. Backlog attacking. Yeah. yeah, but then all these new games come out, and then I get into an MMO that's, like, never-ending. So Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a uh, backlog creator right there. Wow, did that to me for years. That's why I have the backlog I do. So yeah, exactly. No, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I swarm off and then I get lured in every time. I'm a sucker. You almost make me want to do it. I almost want to pick up 14, but I'm saying no. I got to get it's, rid of this backlog. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's at least just it's remember something how I'm long enjoying. you predicted to Wow, Phil. And Resist we have a really, <laughs> really good community on the Viathan. Yep. <laughs> so tempting. Hey, I did it, and I swore it off, and it, I'm not regretting it so far. I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also not going as hardcore as I did. I mean, WoW was like in college. Every night, must make every raid, must play all night kind of thing, and oh, I yeah. definitely do not have that with Final Fantasy. It's more of a, oh, I'll get on, and I'll play for an hour. Or on the weekend, I'll play for four or five hours sometimes and when time permits, and, and usually just playing these games casually has burnt me out in the past. Or not basically burnt me out. It's more of a I, I lost interest just because I wasn't fully getting into them. But uh, so far, I guess the the good single player element of the game has kept me coming back, even though I'm only playing it casually, which normally kills my MMO interest. So yeah, it can be it, it you know it can be really hard when if you especially if your friends continuously out level you and they're doing dungeons that you don't qualify for. Well, don't yeah. forget that there's two things that we can do to to make sure of that. Number one, there's a level sync. Mm-hmm. So you can actually, if you're going to do like a dungeon with someone, you can actually sink down to that level. So that's not an issue. And number two, because you can play every class on only one character. If if you know if you want to join and you need you prefer to have someone with you that heals, someone can play their conjurer with you and just have that class as something they play only with you. And, and then when you're not on, they can level their thaumaturge. Yeah, and the other issue is crafting is very time. It's 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 a uh more involved and somewhat rewarding but man i'll sit there and i'll burn hours crafting and you can do every crafting and gathering and sometimes you have so many choices it's hard to pick just one <laughs> that makes sense you're like pringles yeah 
Mm, we don't. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, the crafting is about a time sink. But you know, you can. You don't have craft, I suppose. But. Hmm. But you can you can join in, Phil. Give it a, give her the old try. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm making progress on my backlog for once in my life. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that I'd have to win the lottery and then not work for like the next twenty years and just sit there and play games for the rest of my life to get through my backlog. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is assuming that the next few years, in particular, don't produce so many games that you absolutely have to play exactly or or my name is mike minky and i can like beat games every two days yeah isn't he so, he's like a machine yeah he is a machine that's it's what like, i call oh, i call him beat this i call him a freaking machine because that's what he is yeah i don't think he sleeps he just goes to work and like plays games oh, and goes to work again man he rocks <laughs> so um I, i'm actually not as good as i once was at it now i can't oh well <laughs> i thought he was gonna tell me now it takes me two and a half days uh, depends on the game, but eighty-hour games. I'll get that done in about two days. Yeah, sleep is optional. Sleep, sleep is overrated anyway. I'm I'm working on installing the gene that that's super rare in those people who only need to get half an hour of sleep a night. Wouldn't that be awesome to have? <laughs> there there are what one two thousand people in the world who ever have it, but wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to have? Yeah, well, not only do you no. get the game done, an 80-hour game done in two days, you then are also able to write the review in that same amount of time. <laughs> That would rock. As it is, I have to spend so much time just lying there horizontal having freaky dreams based on that stupid Stephen King book I shouldn't have read. Darn Stephen King book. How dare he write about the alien thing that takes the form of whatever you most fear. Hmm, fear. It. So, what are you doing, Mr. Minky? Well, I'm deep into X-Men Legends 2. Because you're the juggernaut, bitch! Bitch! Now, it doesn't. Does it do? I am actually. Do, does it do anything weird the with? Juggernaut wins again. Was it do anything weird, weird with the leveling like I was thinking before? Or? Not that I've really no. seen. Okay, no. My, my people I don't use are definitely leveling fairly steadily. Okay. And this one, you actually get bonuses if you put certain teams together. Here, I've got Jean Grey and Cyclops and Rogan Gambit. Double date! <laughs> yeah, I like that. Double date, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or here, we've got Magneto, Toad, Scarlet Witch, and Juggernaut. Brotherhood of Evil Mutants! <laughs> yeah, they, New X-Men! Yeah, they do that in, um, in uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance as well, and Civil War. I will say that the, the areas actually seem bigger than they were in the first game. That might just be me, but wow. Some of the ground I'm covering starts to look the same after a while. Um, and yeah, our, you know what? We'll talk about this not too far in the future, so I won't talk too much about it right now. Except to say that I wish Shadowcat was a playable character, because I read Astonishing X-Men and Joss Whedon. Well, I don't love Shadowcat as much as he does, but she's a good character. I would love to see her abilities just take out robots instantly. But no, it's not to be. Oh, well. And you may have noticed that I put up a, a review for X-Men Legends 1 recently and a review for Shining Wind, hmm. which, as the first action RPG in the Shining universe that Sega did not bring over, did not have much attention in English anywhere on the web at all. And what do you know? It actually happens to be the action Shining game, which I like more than any of the others. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. And I... Again, in the near future, we will be doing a show where I go more in-depth into this thing after I dump large quantities of scorn on what came before it. But Why you no love Shining Soul? Um, <laughs> do you really want me to go into that now, Anna? <laughs> no, because we're going to go into it on the show. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to tap. I don't want to remove any of my bottomless level of scorn for Shining Soul right now. I want it to stay fresh, <laughs> filled to the brim, and ready to explode from overpressure. I'm gonna get it all over me. Ew. Like a geyser of... Uh... I don't know what you're picturing, Phil. And, no, I'm I guessing really... a geyser of blood, since that would be thematic to the mm-hmm. podcast. Yep. Bloody good fun. Yeah, Shining Wind. Thank you, Sega, for not bringing this across the ocean when it actually is a decent game. Although, if Sega had brought it over, chances are it probably would have thrown the massive loading times of Shining Tears into the mix, which I am not a fan of at all. Um, and let's see, I continue to ever so slowly plug away at the original Summon Knight, which <clears throat> is a cute enough diversion as a tactical game. It's kind of repetitive, and boy, howdy golly, you better be prepared to do some massive grinding if you want to buy new equipment, because, jeez, you don't get my whole lot of money for battle in this. Uh... And I will have I will be playing Red Agarest War on Steam soon enough. I got a review copy for that, and I will take however long it takes to give our site what it has never had before. Someone willing to suffer long enough to get through Record of Agarest War. <laughs> Although I understand, John, it it was not so suffering to you. Okay. What was that? Record of Agarest War did not feel so much like, like it, suffering you? to you as it does to some. No, uh, I well, I haven't played it too far into it. I've played maybe a few hours at a friend over. Hey, let's check it out. Well, basically, is I had I have a couple of the limited edition of the original, and uh, it was so you have the sausage box. Yes, the awesome the booby mouse pad. Yeah. yeah, and my wife wanted to play with it too, so she's like, "Let's." Your open wife one. wanted to play with the booby mouse pad. Yes. Okay. She, she, it, it intrigued her. Well, it's it's kind of like a gag gift or a gag item type thing, so. Yeah. We opened we opened it up and played played with all of the contents. So uh, and then so I popped it in, played it for a little while, and I, it wasn't terrible. I or I should say I was kind of enjoying it. It was fairly fun. I like strategy RPGs, and uh, I didn't get too far to to, to maybe really see it or or uh, notice any of the warts in the game. I, the uh, obviously the the story and the translation and the dialogue weren't. Top notch. It, it wasn't a. It wasn't gripping, but the the combat and the gameplay weren't too bad. I was I was enjoying it. Okay. Well, I'll I'll keep that in mind. I understand now, wait, this is at least PC forty hours. Version, or the Steam version. Which which one of the, uh, is it? Is isn't the first game? Is it? It is the first game. It is the first game. Okay. Yep. It is. I thought the, it was the uh, third Steam one or... version. That but it Ghost includes Light. all of the DLC. Okay. Yeah, let me see. But isn't most of the DLC just like uh, weapon packs and cheats? Yeah, it's costumes, weapon packages, extra income. Just Let's see, I got, I things got this to, comment things to keep from Ghostlight on it. Ghostlight says, as this version is based on the North American Xbox 360 release, which was never released in Europe, for the first time European gamers were really on achievements, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we've also taken the opportunity to review user comments and fix a few bugs, removing animation glitches, changing characters' initial inventory to better match the equipment they were able to use, and improve the lighting and selection of exploration points that users had reported as being a little too dark. Finally, as a special thank you for our fans for their support. We've made a large selection of our Xbox 360 DLC free and included it in the game for the outset. Not only that, but anyone who pre-orders the game will receive a 20% discount on the standard price of 1999 and will also receive a selection of additional DLC not available to all users until a few weeks after launch. Cool. Get all that? <laughs> yeah, but the, the DLC in that game isn't like expansion pack DLC. It's like some, you know, armor. The costumes, I guess, wasn't too bad, but there's some of the weapons, but the the cheats and stuff, I, I typically avoid those. So it's not as intriguing. Maybe it was like some extra 
content that'd be cool. Well, it says that there. I have the ability, the option to not incorporate DLC. I'll see. Oh, how sure. That yeah. Anyway, since I have not actually started the game yet, I can say nothing about it except the less than glowing reputation it seems to hold from those who have previously tried to review it. Yeah, I'm surprised it got as bad of a rep it did. I, I some of the other gaming websites I I, uh, I frequent, uh, it's got mixed. Uh, some people enjoy it, some people hate it, some people eh. And me, it's one of those. I think I, I would uh, you take it for what it is. It's not going to be. I don't think it's ever going to be a great game, but I think it can be something I enjoy. Maybe close on the lines of Vandal Hearts. I think uh, maybe maybe not quite as good as Vandal Hearts. So. Something that's worth my time, but I'm not going to be like, oh, this game's so awesome, or I want to play it again type thing. So that's that's my uh, my five hours in the three or four or five hours into the game first impressions. So for what it's worth. Well, yeah, I, I have no basis to make a judgment yet. And well, that covers my gaming. I could always tell everybody that Manhattan Murder Mystery, if you like Woody Allen, is a fun movie. And I could always say that Billy the Kid versus Dracula is not actually as memorably bad as the title would lead you to believe even if John Carradine does make some of the most hilarious expressions I've ever seen and someone shines a red light in his face as attempting to use hypnosis and you can say that the climax is pretty funny because Billy the Kid empties his revolver at Dracula and the bullets do nothing so he throws the gun at him beans Dracula on the head knocks him out and then puts a railroad stake in his heart (laughs) Oh, damn, spoiled. Spoiled. Yeah, no. spoiled it. Spoiled. Oh, gosh. Like, anybody's actually going to watch this who listens to this thing. So spoiled. This it. is not, it. this is obscure. And I the only reason you watch it is because Amazon. it's bad. It was in the mail from Amazon. You just spoiled it for me, Mike. Mm. Oh, then I'd better not tell you about uh, the, the mysterious German girl who Dracula kills along the way. Also, that Dracula seems to be walking in the daylight half the time <laughs> because the lighting director is an idiot. Cheating. Or the stock footage from Indians because Dracula killed an Indian maiden and they get angry at the stagecoach and for no apparent reason we have to have them chase. Because it is in the Old West, after all. We can't get by without Indians chasing down a stagecoach. But, oh, yes. uh, Or I could talk about Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. Oh, come on. With a title like that. Weirdest crap ever. (laughs) (laughs) The title isn't even right. It should be Jesse James meets Frankenstein's granddaughter. I guess those extra five letters would have been too much for the Marquise. <laughs> but it's not as good as Billy the Kid versus Dracula, by which I mean it's not as terribly memorable. <laughs> so you're one of those B-movie aficionados, huh? Or I'll D-movie. watch pretty much anything. But He's just a total movie buff in general. Pretty much, yeah. I just watched... Well, I told you about this, John. I watched something called Cairo Station, which was made in Egypt in 1958. Yeah which is interesting because it it's kind of like the neo-realist movement of that era, so you get to see what a, an Egyptian train station actually kind of looked like at the time. Hmm. And frankly, for being made in Egypt and thus far from any, you'd think, you'd think experienced film crews, it came out pretty well. Was it subtitled? Was it in English? Yes, it was subtitled. Uh-huh. I do not speak Egyptian. <laughs> do you speak Egyptian? Do you walk like an Egyptian? <laughs> No, but I understand four ladies do, and they'll happily tell me about it if I want to go back to 1986. Excellent answer. They also want to tell me about an eternal flame, I think. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so, I think we've used up this episode's quota of terrible, terrible, terrible things to say. Yeah, let's. I, I will not talk about Creature with the Atom Brain. <laughs> no matter how memorable it is. 
Yeah, I'm not sure that's as memorable as we know. Oh, come on, Phil. Yeah. You just know that if a mad scientist and his buddy were housed in a lead-lined laboratory so that they can avoid being detected and were constantly sending out dead people who have been using the power of radiation, they are now uh, able to do things like bend steel bars and just kill people and take bullets and, the, and then they die in a couple days. It, it's glorious B-movie stuff. You might have figured that out already. As we all know, Creature with the Atom Brain is a title that one uses to court the most sophisticated moviegoers. Mm -hmm. hmm. I, think we're I think we're losing Phil. <laughs> Anything else, Mike? Obscure otherwise? Hmm. Well, since I haven't talked about it before, I might as well mention it. That Stephen King book, all 1,100 plus pages of it, and it is a pretty good book, until a certain section at the end, which I actually won't spoil, because if you read over 1,000 pages into a Stephen King book, you're not going to want to know what's about to happen. But it didn't need to be there, and it ensures that you can never literally adapt the book anywhere. Hmm. So, yeah. Well... As for me, as I mentioned, playing Discale, I might be done on that very much. Um, working on Charted, I mentioned all that before. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've been kind of getting through the back backlog and focus uh, knocking out those adventure games like Uncharted. It's much easier than knocking out the long dungeon crawlers. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Disgaea, you could like play Disgaea's for the rest of your life. They're they're almost never ending. Yeah, those those aren't too too bad, I guess. Um, but yeah, they still probably. I mean, because I just really get through them to get through the story. Um, I don't usually do too much of the after content unless it's a DLC story with more story. Um, uh, but just you know, I I know that there are there are optional dungeons and stuff just to say you did them. Um, that take hours and hours and hours to get through. Them. I have an extra cutscene or two. I'll, I'll just YouTube leveling those. up your items. Yeah. I level up. I only level up my items just to make myself, you know, powerful enough to just breeze through the story chapters afterwards. So I don't struggle with them. Um, yeah, you do a lot of that in the last chapter. You'll uh, go through like four or five items just to, yeah, because uh, I mean, you'll fight one battle and the enemies are level fifty, and you'll fight the next one they're fifty-five, and you'll fight the next one they're sixty, and you're like, wow, that yeah, it'll jump on you really fast if you don't if you don't do some stuff in between those last um, half dozen battles or so. Yeah, I have a love hate relationship with Sky. It's just like I I like what it does and is, and it's fun. But I'm one of those that I'll sit there and I'll want to like level up all my items and all my characters. And I'll just get so sunk into the game, and then I'll stop playing it <laughs> because I I got too far into obscurity within the the, the side questy stuff that I, I lose my focus and I just eh, meh, and I go on to something else. And that and that and it's a game that really it rewards it it, it entices you to be all over the board because there's all these classes all you can you can be, you can have monsters in your party level them up do so many things you know with those um, you have all kinds of you know items but if you really just you know pare it down to one you know solid team of 10 especially if they're heroes and just focus on leveling those guys and the items that they're carrying and and just you know stay down that straight and narrow path um it's it's a little bit easier to get I through can't, i can't do but that it's too it's too hard it's like i'm a fate table there's too many there's too many classes i get to play with and i want to very you know get very gameplay and I like all those different classes to choose to pick from. I like leveling all my party and then figuring out which ones does, you know, what best. And, and how bad does it get when you've leveled up, like, you know, a rogue and, let's say, a fighter, and then you've unlocked a ninja class? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, oh you got to level up that now. ninja now. And then, <laughs> and then you level up that ninja and something else you found, and suddenly you've unlocked a dark magician. 
You know, exactly. Oh. This is the problem I have with Sky Games. It's... Like, I like him for it, and I hate him for it. At the oh, same time. it's crack cocaine. It's it's terrible. I you know, and, and I played. Uh, you know, whether I've you know, we've talked about them on the backtrack. We've talked about their other games before um, that are outside of the the series proper. Um, you know, I played. Um, I don't know if they do Clawden or not, but it feels a lot like uh, you know Clawden has some of that subsystems into it. Um, what's that one? Uh, do you mean Cladoon? Yeah, Clawden. Um, and ZHP. Yeah, it's a pretty game, right? Uh, it is? pretty. I thought it was a spoof game. Yeah, I want to no, say it's Oh no, Clawden? No, 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 Claw. Uh, classic dungeon thingy. You like? Oh, okay. You're leveling up mechanics. In that one. Uh, uh, probably ZHP is another example. Uh, that's like a roguelike, but it's got a lot of those mechanics beneath of it. You know, NIS mechanics uh, that you theoretically can make your character super powerful by going through and repeatedly grinding and stuff. Um. But uh, you know what? I always keep coming back to, yeah, the main series is where they've got it really fine-tuned pretty well, and I feel it's more humorous than the other ones. ZHP is pretty fun, too, it's, but this game is the best. Hmm. Anyways, uh, hmm, when we talk about anything else? Oh, yes. Um, playing and playing lots of, still playing lots of Pathfinder. Yeah. But having a little bit more time now that I don't have to, now that I'm not doing Wednesday nights as far as Pathfinder Society, which gives me more time with my games. So you said you got dethroned. I got dethroned. Yeah. So now I've got those Wednesday nights free to, to, to... You took that very gracefully though, it seems. Oh man. I'm actually, you know, I'm just, I'm actually loving that extra night a week and I'm just glad that I'm, I, I didn't realize the politics were just so thick there. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it is what it is, but, uh. Um, if you're telling me that when I'm running a Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, whatever you want to call it, game, that that basically I have to follow the rules as if I'm running it for a company. If I'm doing it for a job, I'm never going to offend anybody. You know, it's going to be a guest service type of thing. But when it's my hobby, you're acting like a jerk. I'm going to tell you to go away. You know, it's kind of like what we do at RP Gear. We all do this for fun. But if you act like a jerk to us, we're going to tell you to go away because ultimately we're not we're not employees of RP Gamers. So, you know, but I work at a, you know, but I work at a hotel where if you're a jerk to me at a hotel, I still got to be nice to you because that's what I get paid to do. So um, I didn't realize that when you do that whole, you know, organize for them um, on that level, even though I'm still a volunteer, I'm not getting paid. They kind of consider you an employee when people complain about you, you know, even if it's for a very legitimate reason whatever then they count that against you if i had known that from the get-go i would have said no just like i would have said that at rp gamer but i see how you know rp gamer we're, we're very good about you know when people are jerk to our staff we we stick together and and we address it you know <laughs> we address it as a group of friends who are enjoying a hobby together and not as a bunch of employees of a company that's paying us and being like phil you got to kick you got to kiss the ass of that jerk uh, so, hey, I've had that happen in the hospitality industry. I had one guest. I was a front office. Uh, I was working at the front office. I was a manager. And um, it was a very small lobby. And we had this group of like eight people coming in drunk. And they stopped at the front desk and just kept talking about the football games or whatever have you. The problem was they were being so loud and obnoxious that I couldn't even hear the person talking to me on the phone. So I, I, I kept saying to like, can you speak up? Can you speak up? And finally, I just – I put the lady on hold that I was on the phone with. And I looked over at these eight people who were standing right there at the desk. I said, excuse me, could you do me a favor? and could you just and I made this downward motion with my hand like could you quiet it down she said excuse me I said well I'm having a hard time hearing on the phone did you just tell me to shut up uh, uh no 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 I, I'm just I, I just need you to take it down a few do you know who I am uh i want to speak to the manager i am the manager who's your boss everyone's got a boss uh the general manager will be in in the morning so 
Sure enough, I come into work the next day. I work the afternoons. I, I came into work the next afternoon. She had come down and talked to my boss in the morning. It turns out that she was the president of a large company that has a large account with the hotel that brought in a lot of money. So I, being the guest service manager, had found a way in my infinite wisdom to piss her off. And uh, and that was Smooth. and that wasn't good for my career. So, you know, of course, the only proper answer when your boss is dressing you down, you say, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Made a mistake, sir. But she was a jerk, period. She just let, you know, her money goes to her head. She's drunk. She's going to act like a jerk and she's going to walk all over people because she can get away with it because she's rich, you know. So, you know, in your hospitality industry, you got to kiss their ass. Not, not that I would have known that she was, if she was anybody, if she was any other guest in a hotel, the boss wouldn't have cared. But one guest being pissy about me, you know, because I asked him to quiet down, no big deal. But when she's in charge of one of the largest accounts in the hotel, which I was supposed to know through osmosis, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Then, then I can't say anything about her acting like a drunken maniac in the lobby. So long story. Yeah, that's a long story, but it isn't short. But yeah, when I have to do that at D&D table, when I'm not getting paid for it, I would have never agreed to that set of assumptions. Um, but that's not something they make clear at the beginning. One day when I'm bored, because I do like to write and I've been writing a lot lately. One day I'll write a big long ass post about it. <laughs> I couldn't work in the uh, that kind of services industry. Well, apparently that's what it's like, John, to work in Pathfinder Society as a regional coordinator. You got to have that mentality and attitude. <laughs> and nowadays I, I still work in the hospitality industry. I still got occasionally kiss ass, but I work in the accounting department, which is behind the scenes. They, they learned Finally, if you put Phil behind the scenes in a back office somewhere, he doesn't offend as many people and it works out great. So it's my mutant power. Speaking of X-Men next week, we're going to talk about my mutant powers. We're all going to have mutant powers next week, by the way. I want everybody who's on the show next week has to be prepared to discuss what their mutant powers are. And one of my mutant powers is to piss people off while I'm honestly being very polite about it. I didn't tell her to shut up. I, I asked her very nicely, could you please just take it down a few notches? I don't know how much nicer you can say, you know, bring it down a few decibels. I, 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 I don't know what other way to put that. So... The boss said, I considered having the mutant power of being able to drink unlimited amounts of alcohol, but I thought I could find something better. Yeah. The boss, the boss, uh, the boss said, and I told the boss, I said, I didn't tell him, shut up. I told him, he said, Phil, there's never a polite way to say, shut up. <laughs> like, what the, come on. I was just, okay, can't win. Yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. Sorry, sir. So, alrighty. Uh, I think that is it, huh? Anything else? Anything drop anybody's mind? Forget anybody? Until the next 10 months and I'm on again. Yeah, Stringer, you got to be on more often. Well, I would, but I think a lot of the games I've played and know you guys have already done shows on. Oh, and I didn't, uh, unfortunately, had to miss the Shining Force episode. I was sad about that one. Well, I, 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 did, wanna... I did my best, and you know what? Yeah. Maxstorm couldn't make it. <laughs> not not Mike's fault. I'm not blaming anyone. I just schedules didn't align that day and sadly could not participate in one of my favorite series discussion but i will i will get over it well mr stringer you're, you're more than welcome to either record an mp3 with your with your thoughts monologue style uh and send that to me or if you want to do an aside one day and have me ask you through some questions and we can append that to one of the shows and call it john's gush show uh, append it uh, to one of our other shows just to let you talk about shining force we can do that we can absolutely do that because this is like the archive of you know of, of people's stories with with their with their favorite rpgs of the past 
and sometimes the ones that they hate most. <laughs> so yeah, but coming up on the the slate and schedule, I don't think there's anything for me in a, for a couple. No, we, I mean, we there's would... some games I want to play and I haven't, but it's like play all four of the strategy PS1 games from Atlas. I'm like, <laughs> we uh... could we could do no, but we would <laughs> we record it as a separate segment, and I would append it to one of the oh, other I shows. Oh, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Uh, okay, I'm just saying for the future shows coming up. Uh, and then I couldn't even well, play one see. of them because Mike's got it; he borrowed it. I, I will get I will get on it as quickly as I can. Oh no no take your time I'll take your time it's it's been on my shelf for about five years and I still haven't played it yet so it's not like I'm dying to play it at, at the moment. Let's see you were not enthused with Sweet Coden Four as I recall. Uh, I haven't played Sweet Coden Four. Okay, I love the series but yeah that's where I, I stopped at three and I, I played Tactics though so most of the. I didn't need it. But then when I started realizing, I didn't before I played it, I didn't realize it was a uh, side story to 4. And so I was like, oh, what's going I didn't know what was going on some of the time. And then, I, then I, once I read and realized that, I stopped playing it. And so I was going to play 4 and then replay it again. It was for what I my uh, I guess I played about halfway through. It was, it was a decent strategy game. I recommend employing a fac in spots for 4 because otherwise you will be wandering around in the ocean way too much. <laughs> um, well, let's see here. I think I looked. I think there might be one item on the list coming up, but I'd have to look again. But yeah, the, the Zelda games I haven't played. I, I do have all the Atlas SRPGs, but there's no way I'm going to be able to play those in time. Even though most of them are short. Are they? Well, yeah, I can say that for I can say that for sure about Cardia, which... Oh, I, okay, I've beaten Cardia. Okay. But that was... I think I played that even before I played Vandal Hearts. So <laughs> besides... It, I, don't, I don't remember liking it very much. And besides that little card mini or the little card thing behind it which i can't even explain why it's been so long that that's all i remember i rented it beat it in a weekend so it's really short yeah i i played both stories and it took me less than 30 hours total i think yeah it's it's real short um and you really do need to play both because it's not like two different takes through the same storyline it's more like here are two halves of a story and we're just going to arbitrarily divide them based on the some of the characters around Ooh, okay the the stories from the book of genesis one how many people have actually played Buck Rogers? Did anyone Buck, on the list Buck, play Buck Rogers? Sure. Like the Yeah. Countdown the, Doomsday. Oh yeah, 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 I played that. Okay, that's a so, gold so that's I. a gold box RPG. You know I'm all about yeah. my gold box. Well, I played it on the Genesis back in the day. I didn't have I didn't play the gold uh, boxes. Oh, oh. So I can talk about that one, but I haven't played the others. Oh, that was on the Genesis. I didn't know. You know that. what? You're not missing anything with sort of Vermilion. <laughs> no, I heard. Uh, I've played Fairy Tale Adventure. I rented it a long ass time ago, and it was all right. And I do have, I have all the other games on my shelf. I think I might miss be missing Arcus Odyssey. Tracia was short. I'll give it that. I, I think I have that. I, I have Crusader of Cynthia. I, I heard that one's pretty good. I should play that one. That one I don't remember much, but it was kind of fun. Uh, also, yeah, it's good you have it because that is a rare one. Yeah, it's, you know how much it costs now. I got it like not too long ago for about eighty dollars, and just eBay recently. I just happened to see one. They're going for over about two hundred. I couldn't believe Holy it. Holy mother! Yeah, a, a nice complete copy. I was you can get a cart fever, but I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. So I mean, that might be one I can. I can uh, join in on, especially for the Buck Rogers talk, and okay. uh, I can. I can brush up on some of the other. I think I don't think they're very long, and I always love an excuse to pull out the Genesis. Yeah, just experience a little of Tracia, so you can back me up with saying this is interesting, but it's crap. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling about half of those. I think Fatal Labyrinth is like that as well. Oh, Fatal Labyrinth is not interesting. Me on the show, man. Hmm? I swear that's why you bring me on the show <laughs> to back you up when you say something is crap. Did you Did you play Tracia, Anna? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> well, I don't even know what a gold box is. 
Gold box oh, is awesome. No, oh, oh, how do you not know a gold box? You got box? Phil started. In. I love gold box. I love myself. All like... the old SSI D and D games from the early nineties. Oh, they were so far ahead of their time. I, it just, oh my Uh-oh. gosh, tactical RPG Uh-oh. goodness <laughs> from the eighties. They came on glorious five and a quarter floppy disks. They were beautiful. Oh, they were PC games. Well, yeah. they start off as PC, and then and then we got uh, we got Pools of Radiance on the NES, and apparently Buck Rogers on the Gen. So we did have yep. a couple of console ports. Um, the C64 got a bunch too. Yeah, C64. Oh, that's where I originally played it on the C64 at my friend's house, and then eventually got the PC versions for my PC at home. Oh my gosh, it's just so so much you could do in those. I mean, things that we praise about games today, they were doing it way back in the 80s on floppy disk. Oh, it was so beautiful. I mean, freaking archaic as hell rule set that you had to like, you know, read three times to freaking know what the hell you're doing. And you could easily gimp yourself into by just picking the wrong race class combination. But outside of that, oh my God. Yeah, the game definitely, those games definitely did not hold your hand. No, no, no. Didn't quite age gracefully, but oh, back in the day, looking at him through my, my lenses of time. <laughs> hey, John, mm. how about the Ultimate Alliance games? I played the first one for a few hours. Oh, okay. We're talking about I thought you'd We're talking about those in a backtrack, right? We will yeah. in, okay. in a couple months. Okay. So one of those I was playing that with friends and then when friends were gone, it didn't have the appeal of playing it by myself anymore. Have you, those are I think best multiplayer. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, well, now that we've gotten that digression now out of the way. we've gotten all that out of the way. We oh, man, we're still recording? We're still, still <laughs> recording. Yep, yep, yep. We should probably mention that RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcservin at rpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us at twitter.com forward slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com forward slash rpgamer. You can follow me at twitter.com slash jcservin. As always, listen to our previous podcasts, including our awesome sister show the rpg cast all at rpgamer.com on behalf of uh mike and uh uh, there's this other guy and anna we thank you for listening so do us a favor go and read us itunes give us five stars say that you love listening to mike phil anna and that other guy and i am insulted whoever that other guy is Stringer. 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 Yeah, thank you for yeah. thank you for being on the show, String Bean. We appreciate it. Yeah, I, I see I see how welcomed I am. You're, you're loved. I like this guy. Well, I'll just add this guy. Just He's like loved. a placeholder. Placeholder guy. Yeah, placeholder. Hey, hey, at least you said you're this guy and not this gal. Phil's been known to make that mistake. Yeah, unfortunately, the vodka ran short. Otherwise, you would probably have changed genders a few times by now. Hmm. All right, Mr. Minky, put us to bed. I think we went through most of the blood ideas except blood sausage somehow we never talked about that while we were discussing vandal hearts and now that all the blood is flowing out of your brains and into your the extremities so that you can go do exercises or something it's time to go to bed hmm?